Welcome to Plug Talk with Amber, where I talk about the not-so-sunny side of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Amber, and I'm so excited because we have a special guest in the building. Today, we're talking to Annette, the owner of Goalgetter, and she's here to talk to us about the importance of developing a strategic business plan. Annette, are you ready to spill the tea? I am ready to spill the tea. I even have something to drink with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to start off by asking you, who were you before you became a business owner and who are you now? Like, how did you become an entrepreneur? So, girl, it was the weirdest thing. <clears throat> um, I did. I don't feel like I became an entrepreneur voluntarily. I had always said, um, you know, I wanted to work for myself. But at the time that it happened, I wasn't really prepared. You know, a lot of times we just talk about stuff and we're not really prepared for it. But um, at the time, I was a supervisor at a social service agency because by trade, I am a therapist. Um, And I had my nonprofit for three years at that time. So we had been working, servicing uh, youth throughout the greater New Orleans area. And that particular year, we received a contract to do a six-week summer program. So the contract was almost about almost $20,000. And um, working a nonprofit, and I heard the voice of the Lord say it was time for me to quit my job and work full time um, on my nonprofit agency. And girl, I really tried to dismiss that as much as I possibly could because I was like, I don't have any money saved. I didn't have a strategic plan. I didn't even know what a strategic plan was. Didn't have an exit strategy. Didn't have anything. I just heard his voice saying it was time. Um, I wrestled with him a little while hoping that that message wasn't for me that it was for somebody else and eventually it was just like it was clear he was talking to me and it was time to work full-time on the um, nonprofit organization and so after about a month i took the leap of faith and uh left left my employment um it worked full-time on the nonprofit until i you know further developed it and then moved on into um you know the business that i have now which is the consulting business and everything but i became an entrepreneur just because God told me that it was time and I just took the leap of faith and um and went into it. And would I recommend anybody doing leaving their employment without an exit strategy, without a plan? I don't recommend that unless God tells you the same thing. So if he tells you to take the leap of faith and, and to do it, then he has the strategies and everything necessary for you to do so. So yeah, that's pretty much how I got into full time entrepreneurship. <laughs> yeah. <I love> it. <laughs> I don't have an exit. Like, and a lot of times people are so irritated with their job. It's just like they just leave. So mm-hmm. I know that you say that you have your consulting business and things like that. So mm-hmm. why is it so important to develop strategies in your business from the beginning? Um, the reason, one of the things is we perish for a lack of knowledge, right? Um. And we don't know what we don't know. And then a lot of times we don't go and try to figure it out, right? And so from the beginning, even when I um, left my full-time employment and worked full-time for my nonprofit organization, I knew that I didn't know enough to sustain it um, and for it to be successful. So I started seeking out knowledge, right? Um, I had a meeting with my board of directors. And at the time, my, my board vice president, she had an MBA. And so I'm talking about everything that I wanted to do for people and all of the giveaways I wanted to do. And she was like, oh, where's this money coming from? I was like, I don't know. God gonna make a way. She said he is, but you need money too. <laughs> so <laughs> she's a business person, right? I'm the person that won't give everything away. Um, my background is, you know, helping people. My, my undergrad is in psychology. My, my graduate degree is in counseling. So I'm helping people. 
Yeah. Um, she business. She like we talking dollars and cents. Where is this money coming from? So at that point, um, even though I had been doing a lot of research, I was like, I need to know the basics of business because I don't know business. You know, that ain't what my background was. And so I started seeking out, um, learning about being an entrepreneur, developing my business, all this stuff. And I ended up finding some entrepreneurship classes here in New Orleans. And so I took those classes, um, graduated from the program. Um, and learned a bunch of stuff that I didn't even know I needed to know um, prior to taking those classes, right? So in learning everything that I learned, it caused me to want to learn more because I'm the ultimate researcher. I just research stuff all day. Um, so I the more I do all the time, once I start with something, that's it. Right, exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> at this point, my brain is saying, well, hell, what else we don't know? You know what I mean? Like, damn, we didn't know none of this. Uh, what else is it that we don't know? So I'm all, I'm just like a student of life. I'm always seeking knowledge, seeking the next, you know, how to evolve in my gift, how to make my business evolve, how to help other people's businesses evolve, all of that. So I'm always, I'm still doing research and I've been a full-time entrepreneur now, um, June will be, excuse me, nine years. And so I'm still doing research, still learning more, still growing and helping other people grow. But it is imperative that we have strategic plans for our business because it gives you a landscape like a blueprint of where i am now where do i want to go and then the process of getting to that so i'm gonna use for example if you say i want my business or i need my business to generate at least five thousand dollars a month right because if you want your business to replace your your employment you need to be able to generate as much as you generate from your place of employment and more um in order to be able to sustain in everyday life, right? So you can say, okay, well, I need to my business to generate $5,000, right? Then you have to develop the strategy in that business to say, this is what I need to do to make sure I'm generating a consistent $5,000 every month in my business, X, Y, Z. So it's, it's not in just saying, you know, oh, I'm going to bake cupcakes. How many cupcakes do you need to sell to make $5,000? Who are you going to sell these cupcakes to? What's your daily number that you want to reach, that you have to reach in order to reach your weekly goals in order to reach $5,000 a month? So you have to have those strategies in place in order to be successful in, in life, actually, but definitely in business. Absolutely. So now that we know why we need strategies, how can we develop these strategies and streams to sustain in business? Um, I say if I had known from the very beginning that there was even such a thing as a business coach, I would have hired a business coach a long time ago because they would have helped me to navigate this whole process a lot sooner than I was able to write. Um, but I think that God sent me on a journey on purpose just so that I can learn the long way. You know, I, I just think that a lot of times he just sent me the scenic route <laughs> so that I can pick up the pattern, learn through the journey, and then help to help other people to escape um, the B, C, and D, you don't have to go through all 26 alphabets to get to your point, right? Um, but if I had known about business coaches back then, I definitely would have hired one even before quitting to help navigate a lot of these processes. Um, but in the same token, um, how do we develop these streams, these strategies in your own business? You have to get a complete understanding of your business and be a student of, even though you're an employee of your business, be a student of your business as well. So what do I mean about being a student? Like you have to be willing to learn more and more each day about your business, about your gift, do the research to find out how you can capitalize on it. Um, Cause one of the problems is 
when we go into business, we go into it with um, a one track mind, um, narrow thinking, and um, we go into it like all of the eggs are in one basket. So I'm going to use for example again, I'm going back to cupcakes. I guess you can see I like cupcakes. (laughs) 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 And it's a perfect example because we had I don't know if you knew the cupcake factory here in New Orleans, the one that was in Kenner and then there was one on Claiborne Avenue. Yep, it's um on magazine now, huh? No, it's completely closed. The cupcake factory? Oh, okay, the cupcake factory. I'm thinking about the other lady. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, you're thinking about, uh, what's her name? I, I, by a community coffee house on magazine. You're yeah. thinking, I can't think of the name of that company, but they're from Tennessee. But no, Cupcake Factory, they had one on Claiborne Avenue, they had one in Kenner, and they had one other location, but they're completely closed now. So I attribute that to, when they opened, it was the cupcake craze, right? Everybody was in the cupcakes, you had tears of cupcakes, you had XYZ, Mrs. That or whatever. Well, cupcakes have kind of faded now. People are not that excited about cupcakes anymore. So I can only imagine that they permanently closed as a result of not being able to catch the wave. So what I mean is when I say catch the wave in business, we have to be able to move with the times, right? Um, if If she would have opened a bakery, she could have said, okay, well, now they're into cupcake popsicles or cupcake balls or whatever it is. Now we'll make that. Okay, well, now they're into mini bunk cakes, so now we'll make that. But she opened a cupcake factory, which limited her to that one thing, cupcakes, right? When the craze, craze is over, then your business is over, right? You have to be able to diversify the business in such a way. And I'm not saying deviate from your gift or whatever it is. I'm saying diversify the gift and have streams of income that can catch every week, right? And so with, like, I'm going to use, for example, like with my business or whatever, we have 10 streams of revenue in the business. During tax season, we see an influx of clientele coming in. They want to start their LLC. They want to start nonprofits. They want to start all of this, right? So we have a big old wave of clients that come in under that particular stream of income during tax season. About June or July, that has phased out because people don't have tax money anymore, right? But they definitely, at this point, now they need grant funding for the, the nonprofits they started. They need business plans for the LLC they started. So that wave starts to open up, right? So we have a stream that could pretty much catch every wave, right? Um, you have to develop your business in such a way that you diversify your gift and divers- diversify the business to the point where, where one stream of revenue starts to slow up then another one will start to open up and flow for you. You can't just have one stream of revenue. This is, y'all need to write that down. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all really need to write that down. And that's what I tell a bunch of my clients as well. It's like, you have to have, like, you know, you make your customer journey. And when you have a journey, once you plan that out, you can start making services and products and things for each part of their journey. And that just- Absolutely. Yeah. That one Mm -hmm. What you said when you said, look, when they money slow up, now they need this. That's because you've already planned out. I already know what you need to do. And you're going to come right back to me because I have everything that you need. Absolutely. Absolutely. I tell all, when the entrepreneurs be like, well, what you don't do? I say, we like the Walmart for entrepreneurs. Like, I'm pretty much a one-stop shop, literally. Um, Everything to start your business and to further develop the business. We offer all of those services as well as products to help you with that. So, we di- we've diversified the business to catch every um, aspect. Now, some things we don't catch. Like once you get to the point where you want to start being fancy and trademarking and all that, we refer that out to an attorney to handle all that part. But other okay. than that, look, yeah, I don't want yeah. the, I, we don't want them problems. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we can 
give that to Elaine and we're gonna let her do it the tax part. We can't we uh, outsource that all out to an accountant. We refer you to an accountant for all those services, but everything else, as far as like startups, further development, all of that, we offer all of those services. That's what yeah, that, that's what we look. I'm like, wow. <laughs> so what are the top things that you feel like should be in every aspiring business owner or current business owner's business plan? Like the top three things. And this is not typically where the financial, where the uh, business plan starts, but start with your financial planning. You know what I mean? Because you can work your way back from there. Like, what do you need this business to give you? And not just for you, right? What do you need this business to give you so you can live the life of your dreams so your family can be supported and your legacy can live on, right? So you need to, you need money to do all that, right? You need money to take your children on vacations to create memories. Um, in order to leave a legacy, you need some money for that business to sustain so it can leave a legacy. So I recommend starting with the financial component, right? So you can start with saying, again, back to your financial projections. This is what I need to generate per month. This is what I need to generate per year. And how are those um, figures going to help you to match up to the, to the life of your dreams, right? Because we all have this dream life and, and we have our real life and we have our dream life. And what we do in our present life is going to help us to get to the dream life. So what kind of money do you need to have to live that particular life and for that particular attainment, right? And then from there, once you determine how much you need to generate in the business in order to live that dream life, then you have to say, okay, now I know how much I need to generate. How am I going to generate it? Am I selling products? Am I selling services? Am I doing a combination of the two? Um, if it is, I recommend doing two columns, one for products, one for services. How much are you going to charge for each product? How much are you going to charge for each service? And how many of each do you need to sell in order to reach the financial goal in order to live the life of your dreams? So I recommend starting with the financial component, right? The rest of it, you can start working backwards from there. The financial component, the products and services that you're going to be administering to it and figuring out your target population. Because I talk to so many people and in their mind, Oh, when I have the office for everybody. No, it's not for everybody because everybody ain't going to buy it, right? Okay. And I don't care if it's a service or a product. You have a target person. And I start making them think of this singular person. Like, what? who was this person that you were thinking of that will buy your product and service when you started thinking about creating this into a business, right? Like, why did you create it into a business? What motivated you to doing that, right? And a lot of, like, for instance... One of the reasons why I go hard in business is because I like the freedom of being a mom that can do create experiences for her children, right? Mm -hmm. I like the freedom of and autonomy of being able to work at my pace and generate the money that I want to generate. But also I need to set examples for my children, right? So all of that stems from everything that, that motivates me stems from me being a mother, right? So yeah. now I want to cater my services to mothers to give them the same experience. That's why my target population is women. Who is that one person, that avatar, that person that you know would benefit from what you have to offer and not only benefit, but pay for what you have to offer, right? That's your target population. So she or he is a representation of your whole target population. That's who you're going to cater your services to. Now, you're going to have some outliers or whatever, but you have to identify that first person so that you can effectively target your marketing, right? Because we don't we don't want to market to everybody because everybody ain't supporting your services. You're wasting your money on marketing when you're marketing to everybody. Um, social media allows you to narrow in your scope 
even when you're running ads, right? You can say, okay, I only want uh, this ad to be shown to somebody between a female between the ages of 30 and 40, X, Y, Z. You can literally narrow your down to your target population when you're running ads on social media. So you have to first understand who that person is in order to target that person in order to get those sales so that you're not wasting time. So recommendation, do your financial component first, do the breakdown of your products and services, identify the who, the who, the what, and the how much, right? The target population, the services and products that you're going to cater to that target population and how much you're going to generate from those things. Those are the top three things that I think that you need to keep in mind when, when uh, considering doing your business plan. Just to let y'all know, that's the first things that you need. So don't think just because you do those first three things that is over, but that's the absolute minimum of what you need. So we talked about the things that can make you successful. Right. We talked about, you know, how you went from A to B. What are some of the top three things that you feel like will cause your business to fail before you even get started or something that will cause you to fail right when you get started? So let me tell you one of the biggest mistakes that I know entrepreneurs make, right? Because for some reason, when people see you, they think that you carefree. And yeah, when I used to work or whatever, I would work from eight to five, but now I work for myself so I can work whenever I want to. No, when you're an entrepreneur, you're probably going to work from eight to five in the morning. Eight in the morning to five in the morning, get about three hours of sleep and then get up and do it all over again. Oh, yeah. The reality is, even what you see on social media, you see the manifestation, you don't see the hustle behind the manifestation, right? So a lot of people confuse it when they see the manifestation, right? So I've had a lot of people to come to me and be like, oh, I want to be just like you and this and that. I was like, I really, I'm, I'm certain that you don't know what you're asking for, right? On a journey, my personal journey, um, I've been divorced twice. Um, when I first started as an entrepreneur, I lost a lot of hours in sleep because literally I would do just what I told you. I would get up at five o'clock in the morning and work until about 12 midnight, fall asleep with my laptop, all of the paperwork in the bed, this and that or whatever, and wake right back up and start working again. Even before I brush my teeth or my feet hit the floor, I pick my laptop back up and start working again. This was on a consistent basis, right? Um, so you're losing a lot of sleep. You're going to lose some friends. That's just the harsh reality of it. So the people that you start out with may not be the people that you end up with along the journey. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to even disconnect from some family because family ain't all happy for you just because they're your blood. They're not happy for you. So be prepared for that. So they don't see the behind the scenes, right? And, they, and a lot of people fail in entrepreneurship because they can't handle what's behind the scene. They've seen the glory and not the story and they want the glory and, and not the story. That's the problem. So when it gets to the long grueling hours and losing connections and friends and this is that that becomes uncomfortable for a lot of people which will cause them to give up on their dream of entrepreneurship because i don't want to make you know i don't want to be this big person and make this person feel this type of way or whatever or i don't want people to think i'm acting funny or i don't want people to think i think i'm too much and you know all this other type stuff or whatever so we fail because we don't realize the long ruling hours that that that's a part of it because literally when you're working for yourself if you don't work there is no paycheck like when you were working at wherever you were working before right the paycheck comes when you put the work in it's not every other friday thing it's not a 15 and 30 thing it's when you work is when you get paid 
right? A lot of people become uncomfortable with that and then they abandon their dream and then they go right back to work because they need the comforts of knowing I'm going to have a paycheck every other Friday. I'm going to have a paycheck here in XYZ or whatever. So they abort their passion to go back to comfort. They're not prepared for the long hours. That's another thing. They're not prepared for the dissolution of friendships and all this other stuff. There's a lot that comes along with entrepreneurship and there's a certain point of the journey where it becomes very lonely and some people have not gotten to the level of self-love where they can appreciate the time to themselves and by themselves. Um, so you have a lot of factors that go into place of why um, a lot of entrepreneurship ventures fail initially. And those are some of the main factors that I've seen. Um, and because again, entrepreneurship is not for the faint at heart at all. It's, you literally have to be mentally strong, physically strong, because it'll break you. And if even the strongest person it will break the strongest person, but you have to have enough in you to be like, this ain't going to beat me. I'm going to beat it. You get up and cry. Like there are some days that I, along this nine year journey, I've thrown in a towel and the Lord picked it up and threw it back at me. I was like, what are you doing? Because <laughs> I said I quit. <laughs> yeah, I, was about to say, I said I quit. Now, come on now. <laughs> I had my pink slip and I gave it to him. Like he didn't even give me the pink slip. I, I'm like, look, I'm turning in my own pink slip to fire myself. And he's like, uh, no, that, that was a white piece of paper covered with the blood. It's not pink and I'm not accepting. Um, even the toughest, it will get it will get it out of you. You understand what I'm saying? So entrepreneurship is definitely not for the faint at heart. It's not for the person that's not willing to endure the days where you may have to eat ramen noodles um, in order to get to your filet mignon because it's definitely a process. The more you know, the more you grow. So it, it, you'll get through it if you hang on. But um, if you're ready to jump ship, then entrepreneurship is probably not for you, especially full-time entrepreneurship. Yeah, because a lot of people get that confused with side hustle and full-term entrepreneurship. It is not the same boat at it's all. Not the same. <laughs> it is not the same. It's mm-hmm. not the same, fam, at all. Mm-hmm. So at all. I have, um, I think I have like two more questions for you because I really want to know. Um, what's the difference between coaching and consulting in your terms coaching and consulting in my terms coaching is got almost like therapy to me right as a therapist we don't tell people what's best for them because you literally don't you don't know what's best for people right you know what you think might be might be might might work more effectively than some system so coaching is pretty much like therapy like you give people you get an understanding of what they what they what they're doing presently, what they want to do, and give them guidance along the way, right? Okay, so these are some of the things that I recommend. What are your thoughts on it, XYZ or whatever? So it's really like a relationship, right? You engaging them, you helping to navigate their processes, their thought processes, just so that they can have a new way of looking at things. Because you know that we can't really think objectively. That's just the reality of it. We think the way that our mind thinks until something else comes. And we that's why we often say, Oh, I never thought of that. Because again, you confine to your own mind in the way that it thinks, right? And if somebody else comes and gives you another objective perspective, then you can think differently and do differently, right? So that's pretty much how coaching works. We just kind of give different perspectives and then allow the person to make whatever decision they want to make and help them to grow in their decision, right? That's coaching. Consulting is when I go into business and evaluate their whole practices and say, this wrong, this based on whatever they have set in place. So I'll use, for example, um, we do compliance consulting for behavior health agencies, right? 
Um, because even though I'm a therapist, I don't practice therapy anymore. I'm just on the consultant side for behavioral health agencies to make sure that they're in compliance with their accrediting body and they're in compliance with the um, Louisiana Department of Health or whatever their Department of Health is, right? The reg. Consulting is when I go in and tell you, this what the regs say, this what your policies say, and that ain't none of what you're doing. All this is wrong, and you need to stop doing this and do exactly what this say. Or if you're going to keep doing this, then you need to revise your policy and X, Y, Z. So consulting is you literally, you're telling them what's wrong and how to right those particular wrongs. It's different because you're doing it in a different capacity, in other words. So that's the difference for me from for consulting and coaching. So that, but that makes sense because a lot of people be like, well, why do they say they do coaching and consulting? Isn't it the same? I'm like, no, it's not the same. So my last question is, I want to, because I know that you deal with all aspects of business just about, what are some mm-hmm. of the, um, the biggest mistakes that you see, like, hands-on that you see, like, people that come to you and things like that? What are some things that you see is, like, basically, like, a cash money no-no? The first cash money no-no is you blending all of your money in your personal account from your business. That's the first no-no. First of all, when you start a business, you're going to get an EIN number from the IRS, and you should register your business with the state because if it ain't registered with your state and have an EIN number, it's not a business, okay? So let me just tell you that. You get your articles, you get your EIN number, bring all of that to the bank, open your business bank account. Every penny you generate for that business needs to go into that business bank account. And that is not your personal money to use for your personal use. That's another no-no that we see a lot of people doing. Like everything that you want to do, if it's not related to the business, it cannot be charged as a business expense. Your family vacation, unless you go there and meet somebody and discuss business, then that's not a business trip. You know what I mean? So you cannot use co-mingle your money. You shouldn't co-mingle your money and you shouldn't have all of your business money coming through your personal account. That's one of the things, right? So set the business up properly from the beginning and you won't have any issues after that. Another thing, and like I said earlier, a lot of people go into business with a one-track mind and not thinking in terms of diversifying the business so that you have another stream of income to catch for when one stream is slow, right? So you have to go into the business. I always tell people to like identify, once you identify your gift, you can identify at least five streams of income from it. Don't try to implement them all at once, but definitely have the five streams of income um, identified so that once you get one stream running, then you can jump to the next stream, get that one running so that your business could sustain itself. And then a third thing, every lane ain't your lane. Envision like you driving a car on the interstate and how is it possible for you to have your one car and you drive all three lanes? It's not possible. So we cannot continue to look at other people and be like, oh, okay, well, that look easy what she doing so I could do that. Or she creating t-shirts. Oh, I know I could do that. Let me do that. Oh, okay. Well, they're doing this. Let me do that. Because Right, yeah, you know, social media have you looking at everybody giving you think, oh, that's easy. Let me jump into that. Let me jump into that. And that's not necessary, right? Because it's easy for them. That's because they were anointed to do that. You got to figure out what you were anointed to do. And and, and another thing, and I was just explaining to another young lady yesterday, like I am fully aware of my God-given gift and I fully operate in it on a daily basis. It took me a while to get here, but I am here, right? I say one of the things that I do I first want to know, is this your, like, when you come to me to start a business, is this your gift or is this a talent? 
let me tell you how you can identify the difference between a, a, a gift and a talent, right? Because talents are things that we learn along the way, right? I'm use the example of me, again, because we talking about me. I've learned how to cook, and I've learned how to cook exceptionally well. I started a kid. This is when I first started entrepreneurship. These are things that I've learned along the way, right? So I was the ultimate hustler. Like, I'm doing everything, right? I started a, a catering business on the side. I know how to bake extremely well, so I was baking and cooking. In addition to having a consulting and coaching business now, just everything, right? So talents are things that you learn how to do, and sometimes you can do them exceptionally well. Your gift, because the Bible says the gift, which means it's only one thing, right? It's not gifts with an S, it's gifts, period. It says the gift will make room for you. So I tell people the promise is attached to the gift and not your talents. Your talents is what you learn to do. Your gift is what you were created to do. It's the only thing that the promise is attached to. That's the very thing, the one thing that is going to make room for you and bring you before great men. You have to identify what that is. Whatever that one thing is, you identify it and then you diversify that. You can receive passive income from your God-given gift once you've identified. There's no need to be all over the board doing everything. Right? You don't have to cook this week and clean next week and next week you're doing gardening and tomorrow you're doing baskets. So there's no need. Diversify your God-given gift and it is going to make room for you and your family and your legacy and whatever else you need it to do. That's what I encourage people to do. Identify the gift because with every, every, every God-given gift, there are at least five streams of income. That's on the low end. Definitely can be more, but there are on the low end at least five streams of income attached to every gift. Absolutely. And then that goes back to, you know, the cupcake example that you gave. Mm -hmm. and she mm -hmm. A bakery instead of just doing cupcake. Right. I can follow the trends because when mm -hmm. you don't adjust, you get left in the dust, period. That's Absolutely. It. <laughs> that goes oh, yeah. how Blockbuster, that's how that's what happened to them. That's Hello. what we see that we grew up on and things like that and that we love and now they're not open because they failed to adjust so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i definitely agree on with you when you're saying you need to adjust and you need to ride the waves when mm -hmm. you deviate away from uh what you're doing make mm -hmm. it your own that's what makes you unique that's what make people connect with you absolutely absolutely because sam walton did it he started you know when he started walmart walmart was literally like a small mom and pop store for the neighborhood, right? But as he started identifying the, the needs of the people, it was more than just little groceries. Okay, people need medication. Oh, let me add a pharmacy. Oh, people like baked goods. Hell, let me add a bakery. Oh, people like sliced meat. Let me add a deli. Now you go in Walmart. Walmart ain't about to go out of business no time soon. I guarantee you that. Yes, because even I, online, yeah. they, they sell caskets. They don't care. From <laughs> to death they got, they got you. okay do you hear me what i'm saying they got all the baby and toddler pampers and everything in the formula and they got the caskets for when you ride up on out of here they not got they're not going nowhere absolutely they're not going nowhere. well it has been amazing interviewing you how can my listeners keep up with you on social media oh girl i'm everywhere <laughs> <laughs> On Facebook, my personal page is and let the goal get a Morris. And my business page is Goal Getter LLC. So that's Goal G O A L Getter G E T T E R LLC. On Instagram, I am Goal underscore Getter underscore University. 
and Annette J. Morris is my uh, personal page on Instagram. So I'm on Instagram and on Facebook. And my website is www.goalgetterforever.com. So if you all want to see the gamut of services that we offer to aspiring and existing entrepreneurs, they are housed on our website. Thank you. Well, this has been another fire episode of Plug Talk with Amber. Mental, inform, and inspire. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll talk to you next week.